Hello and welcome to What the Fox podcast with your two hosts, Lindsay Fox and Amber Ross. Today's episode is sponsored by TherapyAppointment.com. Therapy Appointment was built for therapists by therapists and for you to find a therapist. So please check out TherapyAppointment.com. In addition, this episode is also sponsored by ConsciousHealers.com, which just so happens to be my coaching business. I, Lindsay Fox, and am a empowerment coach. So I work with my clients to help them build self-confidence, build leadership skills, improve communication skills, learn how to set healthy boundaries. And today's episode, we are actually talking about how to have vulnerable conversations. So that kind of ties right into all the good things that we could all learn a little bit more about. It definitely does. And I'm I'm really, really pumped to finally get to this topic because it's something that we do here each and every week on What the Fox podcast, um, because we're having these vulnerable, these hard, these heavy, you know, these um, introspective conversations and really allowing a space where people can put themselves out there, where they can be seen, where they can be heard um, and also doing the same for ourselves. Right. So, oh yeah. Big and time. it's not Last like week's episode was ugh. so vulnerable. I mean, yes. Holy cow. If y'all have not listened to last week's episode um, with our guest speaker, Nick Tucker, um, that the episode title was prune your life. And he mm -hmm. essentially is just talking about how he, he had to prune his life in face of adversity and hardship and how it brought him where he is today. And I don't think I've ever cried that much in an episode. <laughs> I know that was a, that was definitely, um, that was a deep heart, uh, episode. And I'm glad we had the opportunity to record with him. Um, yeah. And I'm so glad that he had the vulnerability and the bravery to mm -hmm. be able to share his story so openly and share about his experience yeah. in life. And I think that really spurred us to want to talk about this. And I think um, you have to start at the start, right? So Lindsay, do you want to share for the benefit of our listeners what vulnerability actually is, what it looks like in this context? Yeah. And I, and I actually want to kind of um, zoom out and say, not even necessarily in the context of just in the, the realm of having guest speakers on the podcast, but as a whole, um, you know, the people who are struggling to communicate under certain environmental conditions, um, that is what a vulnerable conversation is. When we are mm. struggling to have conversations where we are stating our needs, our desires, um, how to feel safe, under certain conditions that feel like they could potentially be threatening or risky, or uh, it could put us at risk of feeling rejected. Um, yeah. That is what a vulnerable conversation is. So um, it's, it's not really something that we take too much time to define very often, yet it's something that we're more familiar with feeling on a visceral level on the inside physiologically. Mm. <laughs> um, I agree. I agree because oftentimes I think that we want to fit in, we want to mold with the crowd, we want to blend in. And I think vulnerability mm -hmm. is that act of choosing to be seen for exactly who you are and, you know, letting the mask down, letting whatever yeah. guard down and actually speaking up for your feelings. And as a society, 
that makes us all a little uncomfortable to actually say, Hey, I'm having this feeling. I need you to acknowledge it. You know, I'm going to acknowledge it out loud so that we're all on the same page. Oh yeah. And you put yourself at risk of, you know, what if they don't accept me? What if this is an unpopular opinion Mm. and how will people respond? And so there's a lot of different layers to that. But I think as we get into, you know, transitioning from what a vulnerable conversation is, we have to talk about how to have the vulnerable conversation uh, in a space of feeling confident with stepping into something where our ego can be profound and getting in our way of making that conversation happen. Absolutely. The fear of rejection is a real thing, right? And rejection on any capacity. (laughs) Yep. Um, and actually one of my coaching clients, he, he gave me permission to share this. So I would like, he's actually working on writing a book. Um, I would love to have him on the podcast sometime, uh, when, when he's ready and he has said he definitely wants to come on. So to be continued y'all, his name is John Masso and he is writing a book all about his, um, trials and tribulations over the course of an entire life of gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, a lot of weight cycling and how this ties in to, you know, just how he has shown up in relationships. Mm. And so he showed, he shared like a little excerpt from the book that he's writing. And I just want to touch on a little bit of it because I definitely feel this connects to the how with regard to how to have that vulnerable conversation. Um, he was sharing kind of like barriers, uh, toward him being able to have the vulnerable conversations. And he said, my ego would flare up a lot when I was being rejected or told in my head, I wasn't good enough. I would end it all. Then I learned to listen and appreciate what is being shared with you, right or wrong. It is that person's opinion. Another person's opinion is just that again, maybe it is right. Maybe it is wrong. Maybe it's in between. Sometimes our ego flares up because what is being shared is true, or maybe because it hurts and we need to protect Mm. ourselves. If you disagree with what you are hearing, that's okay. Doesn't mean we need to blow the other person up for it. Fact. Yeah. Right. And so it really does. I really like that little excerpt because it's so true. When we, when we hear something that doesn't jive with us and we, experience like a profound mood shift in response Mm -hmm. and want to attack or pop off and defend ourselves or say, that's not how I feel or whatever. And we have that high level of reactivity. We need to check ourselves and say, what's, what's going on there? Yeah. What's that triggering in me? Why is this, why am I having this response? And I think it's a great point because people you and I've struggled with this over the years, right? And I struggle with this personally because if somebody shares something with me, oftentimes my first instinct is to want to fix the situation, like mm-hmm. do whatever it is to fix the problem, whether it is mine to fix or not. Because mm-hmm. sometimes vulnerable conversations aren't always like, hey, I'm feeling this way about something you did. Sometimes it's, right. hey, there's this thing going on in my life and I'd like to talk with you about it, you know, whether that's venting or sharing or just yeah. like allowing someone to see something that's happening in your life. Yeah. Um, and I think 
one of the reasons that we wanted to do this topic is because I asked Lindsay, I'm like, Hey, it would be really great to walk through what that actually looks like. So how do you Mm -hmm. show up in that vulnerable conversation as someone who is holding space for a friend or, Mm -hmm. you know, partner or family member or whatever the case is. Yeah. Yeah. And like be a true and real genuine human in conversation and in community. Right. Oh yeah. Because I think another part of this too, which I'm hearing you touch on, uh, to that end, I know that this came up in some of our grief episode or episodes mm. about grief, which is on being on the receiving end of that vulnerable conversation can make us feel so uncomfortable at times that because we're the ones feeling uncomfortable, we are then inserting ourselves into someone's mm-hmm. arena and we are trying to fix and make things right. And we're we're trying to control it because we're feeling uncomfortable. That's, yes. And I think <laughs> I love this example and I'm going to, I'm going to bring this up. And if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. You can choose not to, but I think you just experienced a very real example of this recently, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. Yeah. you, you've been very um, open about the fact that you've been working through a divorce over a number of years. And I think as you announced that it was finalized and concluded <laughs> recently, you had woo-hoo! a lot of DMs. Like, yes, there's <laughs> there's woohoo. Um, but you had a lot of DMs and comments that were a little off-putting. So do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah. yeah there were. There definitely were. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely want to say woohoo because yeah. for those who have not been like maybe for our new listeners here, um, I left a very toxic marriage mm-hmm. uh, a few years back and uh the person i was married to was just really not he he just this idea of radical acceptance was just never going to happen and mm-hmm. he would not let go of the marriage or me for that matter um and and things un, it escalated uh toward un, in, un, in an unsafe way and uh ultimately it took more than or almost three years to actually get divorced so this divorce just finalized in january 2023 so just recently and this was a a major milestone in my life of just saying finally i'm finally free yeah (laughs) and in your mind right it's a celebration but it's not a celebration that's like negative it's not like we're not we're not bashing people we're not taking anybody down it's just very much i have my life back and i get to take this next step and like Mm -hmm. bloom absolutely absolutely so that is an excellent point and you're right that is a part of the the vulnerable conversation aspect of things because um sometimes when we see what someone's going through we feel like we want to show alignment with them Mm -hmm. we want to show wow i want to hold space for this you know situation or this emotion or whatever that you're going through so i'm going to align with you by expressing my emotions and assuming that they are the same as your emotions and that's how we're going to (laughs) connect um Spoiler oh my gosh, over. Amber, your it. eyes. Like, that's not, that's not, I just, you guys have to, y'all have to subscribe on YouTube. I mean, seriously, <laughs> the facial expressions that go down, Amber cannot hide her feelings on her face. Like the, she just rolled her eyes so freaking hard that it, <laughs> I felt it in the depth of my soul. I didn't even realize I rolled them. I okay. know. It's, um, my face does things. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. It is, it's just what it, it is, is at this point. It's who you but, are and I want you to keep being exactly who you are. <laughs> 
but I felt it. I want to pull back to this because I remember seeing some of the like public comments people were making where they're like getting really aggressive and like going after just an interesting perspective that you did not enjoy or align with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it it actually definitely. So again, I noticed the mood shift within my own body because I was, I got actually kind of angry. Um, but the, the comments that Amber is like the types of comments that Amber is alluding to were things like, you know, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing or whatever, but stuff like, you know, good for him, you know, good for you. Fuck him. Yeah. Whatever. It was very negative in tone. It was very like, yeah. And it was like centered around him and like serves him. Right. And my whole thing is like, while, while there were certainly moments within my divorce process and the the exiting of the relationship as a whole, there were moments that I did feel very angry. Um, yeah. and, and, and that is a normal part of the grief experience. So um, I'm not trying to minimize the presence of anger or say that uh, you are not allowed to feel angry if you're going through a divorce or someone treated you really shitty or it didn't work out or whatever. But again, it's been nearly three years and I am a totally different human being Mm -hmm. from who I was three years ago and the decisions I was making three years ago and how I showed up in the world. And Mm -hmm. I don't have that anger in my life anymore because anger stifles our growth. It stifles us from being able to move forward. And I really noticed how it was keeping me stuck. And so for this divorce to finally take place, I wasn't even thinking about him. I wasn't thinking about the outcome. You were thinking about thought, you. Yes. Like, <laughs> oh, yes. Like, like I just I'm was thinking for me. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, oh, what is, what am I feeling? I'm feeling relieved. I'm feeling free. Yeah. I'm feeling like I can move forward. I'm feeling like, yes, now there's no many, like, no more, like, the, the court proceedings. You're like sunshine and, and like- rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> and then all of a sudden these comments come in and from well-intentioned yeah. people, I think people who truly wanted to be in conversation and in community and in that space with you, but they picked the wrong space. And I think we do this a lot when Mm. we decide to have feelings about other people's situations and what that person is sharing. And the other thing is like, even if you do know all the information, right? So some people, it's one way where you can say, oh, well, you don't know all the things. uh, So you don't get to feel that way. But even if you do know all the things, even if you were a witness to XYZ, it's not that you aren't entitled to your own feelings or to have empathy or sympathy for what someone's Mm -hmm. going through. But it's, it's, reminding yourself of what your role is in the context of that situation specific Mm -hmm. dynamic of whatever is going on in that moment of time so if that is my main character moment where i am saying i am relieved i am happy i am free and the response is I'm so angry at him and how dare him put you through this for so long. And uh, it's, well, like, it's literally like a storm cloud rolls in and you're like, yes. wait, 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 we had sunshine. And, <laughs> yes. And then on top of that, it's now saying, and, and the people don't realize they're doing this, no. but they're mm-hmm. saying, Hey, I'm going to steal your joy right now. And mm-hmm. now I'm going to task you with the responsibility of attuning to my emotions. And it's actually a very selfish 
space to be in mm -hmm. unknowingly and we've yeah. all been that person oh 100%. at least once or twice or three times in our lives we've all been that person so as i say this i'm not saying this through like a self-righteous lens of like i've never been there oh gosh um, we've all been there it's part of i mean <laughs> yes this is part of growing up. It's part of learning, but that doesn't mean we have to continue these patterns. And it doesn't mean right. that we can just let it slide without calling it out. Cause exactly. that's what Lindsay and Amber are here to do on what the fuck. That's podcast, right. right? <laughs> yes. I mean, and that is a part of learning how to set healthy boundaries. Yes, absolutely. Learning how to learning the difference between a request and a boundary mm -hmm. learning, you know, what that looks like, sounds like how to do it effectively and also how to follow through with that boundary. So if someone's completely ignoring your stated need in that space of vulnerability, I'm saying, hey, listen, I really don't appreciate you talking about them like that. Um, and that's that's not really where I'm at. And that's not yeah. what I'm trying to convey. I actually just want to celebrate and be happy for myself right now. Uh, and and if, you, if you can't share space with me, I'm going to have to leave. Yeah. And then you leave, you follow through. <laughs> Or you exit the conversation or you hang up the phone. Exit stage left. Yes. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, guys. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. You're setting a boundary and it's okay to do that. Well, and I also think something that comes up in these conversation is one, a willingness. You have to be able to set your ego aside. You have to be willing to um, learn something new and to come back and say, hey, I handled that wrong. Can I please yeah. try again and ask for, because mm -hmm. you and I've had this in our personal conversations totally. where yeah. like we'll be in a deep space of conversation and oftentimes me, I say something that isn't necessarily on the right page. And Lindsay's very quick to say, Hey, that's not, mm -hmm. that wasn't received well. Like here is what I heard here. And I'm like, Oh shit. I'm, I'm so like, sorry. Nope, that was not what I meant. I am sorry. Let me try again. Because I do struggle with this and I struggle with vulnerable conversations because I don't, um, Lindsay likes to joke around with me that, um, and I joke around with her that sometimes I forget how to people because <laughs> the project manager in me sees something that can be fixed and I can take away your pain and I can, mm. you know, I can fix the thing that's causing the problem, which is not what that person needs in that moment. That person yeah. needs a friend to hold space for a situation and yeah. sit with them in the mud. And we come back to that a lot. Um, but I think as we evolve as a human species and as we evolve as a culture, we can do a better job of this. And I think, yeah. Lindsay, you you have some great insights from your coaching business and from your lifelong learnings as well. What would you tell people if somebody comes to them and says, you know, I have this thing that I want to talk about? How, yeah. like, what are some key ways you can hold that space or create that safety or create that flow? Yeah, I, th I well, I first I have so much to say in response to what you <laughs> so just many said. things. <laughs> um, so thank you for this question. It's a great question. And I'm going to come back to it in a moment. Um, and if I forget, then you bring me back to it, please. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, but uh, I also want to say, Amber, you are an amazing friend and you do know how to hold space and you do know how to support people. And I think to your point, there's a lot of people who are also great friends and know how to support people, but it's, it's learning how to support people in the way that they need in that moment of time. Mm -hmm. And so that's a good call out. 
Yeah. Cause it's like, sure. You're a project manager and you're human and it is uncomfortable to, to hear that someone's really suffering or struggling and mm -hmm. being like, well, shit, I can't, I can't help make this divorce. Go <laughs> yeah. I can't. Um, I know. tried. Yeah. <laughs> I put a lot of so, mental energy into that. No. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think there's a few things in response to this one, the first thing that the receiver of the vulnerable conversation can say or not say is just be present in the moment mm -hmm. and say, wow, you're going through a lot. How can I support you today? Or how can I support you right now? And or what does, I love this. I'm going to interject because Brene Brown, I love the way she says this. It's what does support look like? Like, yes. <laughs> what does it feel like? What paint mm -hmm. me the picture? Right. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Because my definition of support and Amber's definition of support might look really different. Just like mm -hmm. our love languages guys, which we will definitely have an episode yes. on that for Valentine's day to be determined. So, um, in terms of the, the, the air date, but yeah. So I think that is a huge open-ended question that we are all capable of asking of when we have someone that has the courage to approach mm -hmm. us with vulnerability, our role is to sit and hold space with them. Don't try to take away their moment. Don't try to make it about you, even though that's not your intention, but watching some of your I statements perhaps, and just kind of turning it back on the other yeah. person and having a really open-ended question of just saying, how can I support you right now? You're going through a lot. And that leaves the door open for the person to say, you know, I just need you to listen right now. I'm just really yeah. frustrated and I just need to vent. I'm just, I'm, I'm ha I just need a bitch fest and I just need to vent. Or, you know, I feel really task saturated. I don't have an assistant. I cannot afford an assistant. I really could use some help. If you have any bandwidth to support me on this, yeah. um, do you think you could help me with creating XYZ uh, that would take maybe 20 to 30 minutes of your time this week? And Again, you're giving like something on the, the communicator mm -hmm. to the receiver, the messenger to the receiver is then allowed to state exactly what they need, which is also really hard to do. Oh my gosh. Yes. It, it's hard. I find this difficult. I think we've spoken about this in past episodes. Um, asking for help is one of the most vulnerable things I have ever had to do, right? To like, for me in my history, yeah. I'm always the one who does the thing and yeah. learning You're to ask for help. I'm the fixer. I always yeah. have been. And um, ha having the courage to say, I need help with this yeah. thing. Can yeah. you do that for me? Or can you connect me with somebody who can help me with this? Yeah. Um, is like step one in, I think, having a vulnerable conversation for me. That was mm -hmm. like one of the very first ones like, Ooh, that was uncomfortable. I didn't, yeah. I didn't like it, but the, I didn't like it in the moment, but the yeah. outcome was very good and being able to share oh. or like offload yeah. something on your plate or, you know, have mm -hmm. somebody show up for you. Um, it's a cool process. And I think, yes, um, I saw a quote as we were kind of talking about the vulnerability idea that I wanted to share, because I think it's impactful 
for what we do here and for what mm -hmm. uh, humans do out there. And when I say yeah. out there, I mean out in the world, right? So yeah. I am going to reference Brene Brown again because I adore her. Um, and she says, vulnerability is the birthplace of innovation, creativity, and change. And I, I truly think that's profound because without vulnerability, nothing changes. Everything stays the same. And we're yeah. all in this individual experience that is mm -hmm. completely disconnected. It, and yet here we are as humans where we are all connected. Um, and, and actually kind of, as you talk about Brene Brown, it was one of her quotes that led me to um, kind of my elevator pitch as an empowerment coach. Because uh, I tell people, I dare people to have the courage to love themselves at the risk of disappointing others. Mm -hmm. And I think that is in essence what vulnerability is all about is is being really true to the deeper parts and the deeper levels of your soul and every fiber of your being being authentic and honoring who you are yeah at the risk of disappointing the people around you and holy shit, is that scary <laughs> it is and empowering mm -hmm. all at the same time yes right? well like, the empowerment that mindset part, shift yeah yes the empowerment part is is then saying wow I can go out there and be true to myself and in response to doing that, while the people who are receiving your message might not always receive it gracefully, that's not your job to control how they receive the message. True, true, true. Yes. Your job is to just stand in your power, take up space, state your needs, say, say where you are, um, set your boundary and allow the receiver of the communication to simply receive it after it leaves your mouth. It's not up to you how they respond, but mm -hmm. what you can do is control the delivery of your messaging that's in your control. And, you know, when, when those conversations happen, whether they fall flat and it doesn't sit well with the person, or maybe they go great and they exceed your expectations, um, you still can have your own permission to walk away from that conversation and saying, wow, you know, I'm really freaking proud of myself right now. I yep handled that like a boss and the old version of me, the old unhealed version of me would have never had the discernment to respond in the way that I did just now. I am so proud of me. Yeah. And I, that is such a good call out too, because if we don't take the time to recognize our growth and we don't take the time to celebrate that mini win or that major win, then yeah. it, we don't make any progress. Right. So I right. think you have to come back to that. Like, I like to do a brain dump um, when I'm having particularly like heavy weeks or like filled weeks with a lot of these type of interactions. And that's where I find my little um, glimmers of hope and where I'm like, oh, I did a great job there. Like I handled yes. that better than I would have two years ago. Um, and it's also where I find areas where I'm like, oh, I could have handled that one better. Let me go back to that person and like yeah. apologize, you know, because that's yeah. – you're not always going to handle these conversations mm -hmm. well. They're not – like there is no perfect – We've said yes. that time and time again, but um, you're going to stumble and it's going to feel uncomfortable and it's going to feel icky and um, that's okay because it's part of the human experience. It is. And can we talk about that for a second? Can we talk yeah. about apologies? Can we talk about how to say I'm sorry and, and apologies as a whole? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Cow. I feel, wow, just I'm glad that you said that because saying I'm sorry <laughs> is also hard as shit. Yes. Because you are, you are, you are challenging your ego at that point, right? Yes. You have to say, 
You got to get real honest with your ego and be like, hey, you and I need to talk because we kind of screwed up over there. And so, um, man, saying I'm sorry can feel so hard and so vulnerable in of itself, right? So it's not just like whenever we talk about vulnerable conversations, it's not just this or just that. It's, you know, communication is hard (laughs) and being vulnerable in our communication is even harder. And it's messy, like spoiler alert, this is messy and it's something that takes work and it's a, it's a constant practice. It's like yoga. It's like meditation. You have to keep coming back to the mat and trying again. A hundred percent. And it is, it is hella messy because I think another part of this is that when we are noticing these mood shifts that are taking place in the conversations that we're having. So if we are starting to feel a little reactive or we're kind of like, who does she think she is talking to me like that? Or why does she, you know, when we start to feel that, that spiciness start to come up, you got to check yourself because a part of it is like, Hmm, we are mirrors of each other guys. Uh (laughs) We are mirrors of each other. So whatever's annoying you about that person that you're interacting with nine out of 10 times, it's a reflection of some part of your deeper healing work that you need to sit with. Yeah. And um, that's a hard truth, folks. That is a hard truth. When you start noticing like your mood shifts are actual reflection of your healing or lack thereof. Whew, that's all. That's a, that's an ego burst. That's the work right there. That is the, that is the work. Mm-hmm. That's where it begins. And, um, you know, you can choose to stay the same or you can choose to evolve, right? You can yeah. choose to keep being miserable and keep being annoyed by everybody just because yeah. you're recognizing something in them that you don't like about yourself. Um, and yeah. I think I always roll back to like the mean girl um, references with stuff like this and the things that you call out and you pick out yeah. in other people. And it's like, oh, that's an area that is unsettled in me. Like that's a that's a me thing that I have to work through. That's not their problem. And I think yeah. it's a good reminder for ourselves too when we are the target of um, such conversations and such situations that it's their issue. It's not your issue. You know, if somebody's lashing out at you and somebody's being um, not holding space for your vulnerability or not holding space for you as a human, if that makes sense. It does. And I also don't necessarily want to make that an all or nothing statement. I don't oh, yeah. want to say it's a hundred percent other person's issue for not having Fair. That acceptance just because sometimes I think, Okay. So if I'm thinking about my client base and these are people who have a hard time speaking up, right. And so, uh, people who really have struggled to find their voice and now I'm starting to empower them to find their voice. So they're like dipping their toes in the water. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, like some, with some people I work with, they, they go from like being silent and submissive their entire life to dipping their toes in the water to then saying, well, kind of like the temperature of this water. I think I'm going to get a little bit deeper in it. And then they just jump all, they jump right on <laughs> go in. right off the diving board. <laughs> and, and they, and then all of a sudden they're yeah. like super verbal and, yeah. um, t- t- to the extent that, um, big emotions might come out that yeah. are warranted to some degree, but also might come out because it's like, you know, 20, 30 years of oppression it's that been is coming festering. out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so of course the person on the receiving end 
Um, it's like, oh, <laughs> be like, holy shit. What did I Where just did that witness? come from? Where yeah. you've always been the silent one. How come I haven't seen you in five years and now you are popping off? Like, who are yeah. you? Who is this version of you? I don't know who you are. Um, so there can be moments like that, which again, it is a reflection of where we are in our healing. Yeah. And sometimes those reactions are a lesson or a learning opportunity for the receiver as well, because it's kind of like, wow, I've always known you as this one person. Mm -hmm. uh, something's changed here. And, like, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> this is so not how we've like always it. interacted. Well, and that's true. And it helps, you know, obviously it depends on your relationship with the person. It, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances and we can't yeah. possibly cover them all here. Um, but I think the point of the matter is we all have something we can learn. We all can do better in our conversations and holding space for people to be vulnerable and to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. We can all um, have an appreciation for the work people are putting in on their healing journeys and just um, be kind humans that have open minds and open hearts instead of just like walled mm. off in our own little uh, bubble. Yes, that openness is huge because if you are not open, you cannot grow. Mm -mm. Like plain and simple, if you are not open, you cannot grow. You get really stuck being right. And it's no fun. And nobody's the... right all the time. <laughs> right. I mean, correct. And there are many who would disagree. Let <laughs> them. Many, many who would disagree. But um, yeah, so it's just, I, I definitely think that openness piece is probably, probably the most key necessity uh, to have a vulnerable conversation mm -hmm. is that you have to be open because that's what fosters trust, growth, um, expansion. I mean, just wow. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And I know we, we jumped around a little bit, but I think we did a pretty great job of sticking to our um, yeah. general theme of vulnerability and sharing yeah. all the things. Um, you did answer my question about holding space. So no need to come back from that one or for that one. Um, but I did want to ask, was there anything else, you know, from your viewpoint that you wanted to share with listeners today on this topic or any like last takeaway, um, big thought? Um, I'm so used to us asking this of our guests. I know. <laughs> uh, I think I want to share um, a personal favorite quote that's actually by Michelle Obama. And mm, okay, um, I I really like this because in in honestly, this has nothing to do with politics, guys. So get your head out of politics. Um, <laughs> just saying, like I feel we like we don't do we politics share... here. I mean, yeah, it's like when you share quotes about, I mean, by politicians, people kind of like automatically say like, oh, that must mean you know this way or that way, whatever. It's, it's like, a person no. who had a good thought. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and, and yeah. indeed she's had, she's had many. So, many. um, so the quote that I really like from her is if we can open up a little bit more to each other and share our stories, our real stories, that's what breaks down barriers. But in order to do that, you have to believe that your story has value, mm. be vulnerable, dare to be vulnerable. And wow, it's powerful. Um, that that's just that there's so much power in our stories. And that's exactly why we have the guest speakers come on that we have because they have the strength and courage and bravery to be vulnerable. And they are daring mm. to be vulnerable by coming on and just like letting it all out. And, you know, the feedback that we get from our guest speakers after these episodes, they just are like glowing. They can't wait to share their episode with their friends or their followers. 
because they're like, wow, there was power in my story. Mm -hmm. My pain did transition into power and now people can hear that. And so um, I think here on What the Fox, we really want to not just hone in on that as like our culture here, but we want to encourage you to go out into your own world and, and foster that safety for it to exist in your personal lives. Uh, because that is where so much healing can happen. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think that's a wonderful place to close out today. Um, we shared a few resources throughout the episode. So we'll make sure we get those into the show notes for all of you. And we're so Definitely. grateful. So very grateful that you continue to come back and listen to uh, Lindsay and Amber at What the Fox podcast. And That's we right. just want to remind you, we are on YouTube now. Lindsay made mention to it a couple of times during our episode. Head on over to YouTube because you will want to benefit from the facial expressions. Um, <laughs> you really do. <laughs> you know, the hand gestures are also fun. Um <laughs> yeah, I'm very expressive. I mean, one might think I'm Italian with how much I use my hands, but Amber definitely uses her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That no poker face here, friends. Um, nope. But I think with that, we are grateful. We thank you. We ask you to please leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you are listening to, because that absolutely helps us to bump up in the algorithm. It helps us to show up to new listeners and it just helps us to spread the word of what we're doing here. So thank you for yes. doing that for everyone who has, please keep it up. <laughs> That's right. So until next week, guys, we'll see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. And we all sing Everything is gonna be just fine It's gonna fall into place The sun is gonna set on your terrible day